1: DMVR Direct Pod presented by High Plains Strain, the northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DMVR to take advantage of their deals. Beautiful Friday, my guys! One's covering top recruiting news; the other one's covering a top fifteen. A college hoops program in the country it's a beautiful time to be justin michael and jake
0: schwanitz these days j mike jake how are you guys doing doing good man like you said top 15 hoops team it's been a lot of fun uh, should get some transfer news on the football side soon so i'm excited about that haven't had to deal with a ton of departures which is encouraging as well especially after a a season that didn't go quite as hoped so uh, a lot of things going my way a lot of things going csu's way it uh, looks like the storm that they were projecting might miss denver this weekend too what it might dub. just be south which you know fingers crossed what a dub and he is the storm jake schwan it's
1: here i <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just a great intro right there. You might want to clip that I mean, like, uh, and, I don't know, save it to your MySpace profile or something like that. <laughs> I'll do just that, Dre. I'll go dig up my MySpace <laughs> profile yeah. just to
2: save that clip. But I'm good, man. It's been, uh, damn, what a week. But
1: um, we're okay right now.
2: Everyone's feeling okay.
1: Love that for us. Not feeling okay if you're a Florida State fan. Man, oh, man an all-time weekend of debate on Twitter and just the sports media ether we have a final four a final four we more or less all agree on at least we all agreed on Florida State's exclusion so far the committee had almost always been bailed out and things kind of worked out and settled themselves on the field It's why I think I've been a defender of this format and the regular season mattering. It did not sort itself out uh, at all. This time around, we had a disaster. Frankly, we had six deserving teams for only four spots. Um, A one loss team in Texas who had the win over Alabama that only complicated things. I think it's unjust, and I think they also got it right, and that is a hard thing to <laughs> navigate and kind of uh, come to any sort of solid conclusion. I also think the format being different allowed the committee to not be too worried about setting a precedent. But ultimately, it sucks to know that any of our teams, no matter who your team is, would have got the FSU treatment, no matter what. Uh, JMAG on a bit of a coughing fit, Jake. Your thoughts on all this? I mean, I
2: don't blame them for leaving out Florida State when they just struggled to move the ball against Louisville for like 60% of the game or whatever it was. Um, It's, I don't know, it was clear to me in that moment. I just, it was obvious that you can't allow this team in the playoff when you're talking about four best teams. Really, the only issue I would have with it is I know they beat, uh, beat georgia but i mean georgia fell from the number one team that just completely out of the playoffs like that doesn't really i don't know i wasn't too comfortable with that i understand it i want the importance to be on the head-to-head matchups and on conference championships though so i get it but that's the only part of it that really left me pause um i think that washington texas all deserved it uh i'm not upset with this i think these are four really good teams it's just bothers me a bit that Georgia's not in it when they've won 29 straight games or whatever it was.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we were closer to Georgia getting in and having two SEC teams than we ever were to having none, which is what the masses were rooting for because people are tired of the SEC. Specifically, they're tired of Georgia and Alabama. So I get why people are pissed. People obviously know my perspective. I root for this team, so I I am biased but at the same time given the current system i think the right four got in uh, i agree with jake i do think georgia is one of the top four teams i think they got oh, in yeah. specifically because because the logic is if we're putting in alabama and texas you know won their league they went into alabama's house beat them by 10 they got to yeah. go in too um but it's an imperfect system and when you have 133 teams trying to you know, judge the the schedules when you're playing drastically varying levels of competition. Even, you know, certain teams in one conference are going to play a great schedule. Other teams in that conference are going to luck out and play a really easy schedule. It's an art form. It's not a science. And it, it's it's closer to a high school playoff selection than it is the NFL, where if you just, you won your conference, you're in. You could argue that's what it should be, but that's not what it is. So it under the, the current system we have, you know? Yeah, I mean we can split
1: hairs all we want i think by all their criteria ultimately florida state didn't deserve to be excluded unless the criteria is creating the best four matchups or the best two matchups for us and definitely that's the criteria um and florida state gets screwed in a multitude of ways none more than that injury which just put their offense um behind the eight ball, because otherwise they would definitely be deserving with that passing attack. They had with a healthy Jordan Travis. Um, the matchups will be phenomenal, phenomenal first year, probably in the four year, in the four team format where you actually feel like all four teams have a real chance of bringing home the natty. There are some spectacular passing games, uh, some great, you know, defensive backfields, some great pass rushers, some great offensive line play, um, some great quarterback play. All these teams check off so many boxes. They're going to be some fantastic, fantastic matchups. It was a great championship week. Who stood out to you guys? Um, Obviously, we're always dialing in more and more on these prospects. It's low-key draft season already. Uh, We can get into that. There's a Heisman race to unpack. There's a 12-team format we can look ahead to. but yeah, who impressed you,
0: Mike? I mean, the entire Alabama offensive line, first and foremost, okay. just the way that Milro was able to stand back there, largely unpressured. There were two or three plays where Georgia had, you know, a couple of free rushers that were able to get home. Uh, but for the most part, the the times he was sacked were just because he held on to the f- football too long and and didn't, you know, get out of there. I was just so impressed with the way really both sides of the line of scrimmage Alabama controlled Georgia in a way that I just don't think we've seen in a a couple of years now. I think this Alabama O-line has finally, over the last, you know, six, seven weeks, turned into the group we all expected coming in. They had all this size and experience and everybody had all this hype. And then obviously the start of the season's a disaster. Texas comes in, they kick their ass even more concerning. South Florida pushes them to the brink. But they figured it out, and I think this was a great game for J.C. Latham, which you have that in the notes, so I'm sure you want to talk about him as well. Uh, I just, I thought that was the difference in the game, was just how much time Milrow had. And there were a couple of key plays because he was able to just stand back there and essentially throw it up. And you got to credit the receivers for for having a nice game as well. Isaiah Bond bailed him out on a couple of poor throws. Uh, Jermaine Burton made an insane catch in the end zone, which was a great route right after last week you know where i was saying he's maybe not the most polished route runner he ran a a gorgeous gorgeous out and in on that touchdown so i i'm just i'm really impressed with this alabama team and i I, i'm not gonna like get back into the playoff argument but i think the trenches specifically is where that game was won it's a great point when's the last time we saw georgia get beat down on the trenches
1: both sides dallas turner another big standout for me um just probably been 30 games or so you know like that in that 29 game win streak those back-to-back matties you probably haven't found the single matchup where that was the case it was the case in this game jake relatable for you a true freshman left tackle for alabama was one of the weak spots of that offensive line to start the season specifically in that texas game he's one of the mvps against georgia jc latham at right tackle the way he's grown potential future Bronco, um, just a mauler. And then right guard, they made a switch, man. And they've got this Robertson kid who's just been mesmerizing. When I walk, watch him. What an incredible run blocker. I think he's a name. We've got to keep tabs on. He just mauls dudes. Yes. He's incredible. Honestly, their center kind of booty. Uh, he, he wasn't great, but the rest of the O line was great. And the D lines
0: kind of emerging as well. Um, Caleb Downs, the true freshman at linebacker, like Edge, too, is just, he's a stud and he opens a lot of things up for Dallas Turner. But Turner has really solidified his case, I think, is if not the top edge, at least, you know, top two. So he's, I think he's going to go top 10. Tell you what, him, Latu, who you like a lot, Jake,
1: um, Chop Robinson declared, and he's got a lot of buzz could jared verse be dropping quite a bit and could he be in the range for the broncos
3: um jake where where would you go with this um with uh conference title standouts yeah
2: uh i go to washington honestly um i go to dylan johnson the running back for washington that washington offensive line i mean they had a great game. Dylan Johnson was averaging five yards per carry. I thought Penix played really well, too. He straight up outplayed Bo Nix again. Yep. Um, <clears throat> what a crazy line that was, by the way. I, don't, I never understood how Oregon was nine and a half point favorites. Um, I was just really impress, impressed by Washington. I mean, they came out hot. They ran the ball consistently that whole night. And then the Michigan game, I mean, I think this team, you know, it was a slog. Um, both defenses, I think, played pretty well. Uh, Michigan did what they had to do Uh, Mike Sanders still he didn't really do stuff too much I guess in this game but that guy's been like the defensive MVP for Michigan in the back seven there and then again on the Alabama side of things Dallas Turner what he did just Alabama's offensive line and how they were able to push around Georgia I mean you said it kind of introducing this show it's it was like the best teams in the trenches really showed up and they're going to be in the playoffs so it really sets for an exciting uh, top four. And it's going to be some all out wars,
1: I think, which excites me the most. 100% Penix, man. What a dog. The way he stands in the pocket and he just keeps like nailing lasers. There's a lot of throws he makes where I'm like, I'm watching his footwork. I'm watching how kind of, you know, that's not like Mahomes Zach Wilson off balance where it's like off one foot, like sideways, like a shortstop. It's just like, man, he's just like not his weight isn't properly loaded on his front foot, blah, blah, blah. And then ball comes out, it's a dime, you know. And God, those three wide receivers they have Polk Odunze was huge. And that McMillan kid's a stud as well. Their yeah. left tackle, Troy Fatanu, um, one of the best left tackles in the country. Most NFL uh you know scouts projecting him to move inside but i mean this another guy to watch in the first round for denver a hundred percent he was incredible trench play is where we're going to focus brandon fist defensive tackle for florida state spectacular dominated louisville made what's been a really nice offense this year look like just terrible four and a half um, tackles for a loss. He's a Western Michigan transfer, a five-year guy. So we're definitely going to see him. I've been talking all season about like, this is the month where we're going to start seeing some interior D linemen emerge. Um, and he's definitely a guy I'll want to watch in the peach bowl as well, assuming he plays and then, you know, staying on Broncos targets, Jatavion Sanders, the second best tight end in the country. A lot of those hundred yards he got receiving against Oklahoma state we're kind of wide open like very well schemed but this guy's such an x factor as a receiving tight end um with all these different packages and stuff that sean payton uses he'd be such such a weapon in denver i think he has really uh solidified himself as like there's a clear top two tier of tight ends brock bowers obviously we know in a tier of his own um but He's gonna have more opportunities with these playoffs to keep shining, keep rising up boards. Wouldn't be surprised if he was uh he was a first rounder. Um, so there you go. That's kind of emptying the clip for me.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Sanders is a stud. Um, another draft pod Darling uh Washington with the Steelers last night finally getting involved in the pass catching game. It'd be nice to see a little bit more of that. That dude's a freak. Uh, but I think the value of Sanders potentially in that early second round, maybe first round, we'll see, It's really enticing, especially, I mean, this was something we were kind of talking about in the office yesterday, just the great debate of does Kyle Pitt's lack of success make a team hesitant to draft a generational tight end like Brock Bowers in the top 10, just given it takes time for that position usually to make an impact at the next level, even some of the best we've seen, you know, Travis Kelsey, they don't come out and just immediately dominate uh trey mcbride starting to really emerge in his second season with the cardinals but it, it takes a while and i mean you can make the argument that trey i think it was pick 55 and the impact he's making now that that's maybe better draft strategy oh, yeah. despite the fact that god bowers is insane the yak ability he, he finally looks healthy
1: He's incredible. I'm really intrigued by how high he goes. Maybe we'll tackle that in uh, just a few minutes. I look forward to that. Um,
3: Guys, lightning quick, college football playoff predictions. Jake, let's start with you. Who gets out of these semis and who wins it all? I'm going to go Michigan-Texas. Michigan wins it all. And Harbaugh leaves for the NFL after that? We're talking about
2: another contract extension, (laughs) buddy. This train ain't stopping. I'm telling (laughs) y'all.
1: Future LA Charger. Um, (laughs) J. Mike, what you got? I feel like you're going to be on the exact opposite spectrum.
0: I am. I'm going Bama-Washington, and I think Alabama wins it all. I, but I think Penix is the best quarterback, you know, in, in this. And I think he's going to have his moment and, you know, at least throwing the football. So I, I'm I'm just staying on Bama right now. Obviously, I'm biased, but I just think they've got it going at the right time. And I think we even joked about it after the South Florida game when everybody was jumping ship. The Saban era is over and, you know, it's just kind of like that's typically when they rattle off 10 straight wins, they get it going. And. They find the, the doubt, and I, I think they have kind of channeled that peak, but Nobody believes in us, energy, and they're going to ride it all the way. Same history, Mike. Um, I actually think
1: Texas is the better team than Washington. Washington just has Team of Destiny-type vibes. Um, if viewers goes off for 400 yards again, like they could win the natty. No doubt about that. Uh, but I just think...
0: The running back the injuries vibes. really
1: worry me with Texas. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, just the consistency. And I think that's going to be an all-out shootout. So much NFL talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, And then, yeah, I mean, you know, and Bama's an easy pick for me because I was kind of on them turning things around. But Michigan was my preseason pick.
0: So I I, I can't lose. I'm kind of hedging almost in some ways.
1: Heisman. Why this playoff's fun.
0: Anybody could win. It's like you you can talk yourself into any of these teams and you can hear the argument and be like, yeah, that makes sense. I see that. 100%. And I love that the five,
1: six seeds are playing in the Peach Bowl. And honestly, Hopefully. if I'm either of those fan bases, I'm claiming a natty if I win that one, too. Like, no, we can't do this. Bro. Absolutely. Tis the, tis the history of our game. You can claim the it. The president
0: absolutely. is certainly there. It doesn't mean the rest uh, of the country is going to claim it. But, but you can. can claim it. Dog. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. No. 1915
2: so ridiculous.
0: National Champions, Colorado Agricultural College. Best strength of record in the country, baby. Went undefeated. Give CSU their title. Raise the banner. Um,
1: Heisman, race. We have our finalists. Four finalists. Bo Nix, Maserati Marv. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., which, like, cool, deserving. Uh, Michael Penix and Jaden Daniels. J. Mike, you get the stardust on this. You just sang Penix's praise. Does he get it over Daniels? Let's
0: be honest. It's a two-man race. I personally would give it to Penix because I think winning needs to matter. And Penix has won every big game against probably the toughest schedule out of any of these guys. Uh, but I think it's going to go to Daniels. He's got 4,000 passing yards, essentially 1,100 rushing yards. He's been the highlight player, but my big gripe against him is he lost the three most important games. And I know he got injured in that Bama game and I know that it's a team sport and all that, but I mean, the blame goes on the quarterback, the the glory goes to the quarterback. It's how this works. And I think Penix won the games that mattered. I think he should get rewarded for that.
2: Yeah, Jake. I'm exactly the same. I think it's going to be Jaden Daniels, but I think it should be Michael Penix. I mean, this is the number two team in the country. Um, The Pac-12 hasn't had a true champion or a playoff representative that's really been worthy in a while. And Michael Penix has done that. He's been the same player all season, just deadly accurate. Uh, He can run, he has to. He's led this team just to Uh, some great wins twice over Oregon and I mean it's literally the same argument Justin just made I can't give it to a guy who's like irrelevant in the national title picture and lost all his like biggest games it just doesn't make sense to me and um, I don't know it's a weak Heisman race this year yeah it's it sucks it's unfortunate and this is what happens when it's a weak Heisman race
0: anybody could have took it this past weekend with a massive game like
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Any of these guys. I I but just didn't happen. I mean, Milro had 13 completions or whatever it was. It's yeah. just
1: yeah, and JJ McCarthy, spot. I mean, Ohio State game aside, they've been playing so conservative. I think in part to not show any wrinkles um to the offense and save those for the game and the playoffs. Um that, yeah, he just never had a chance. Quorum never had that big game to really explode. I mean, and the weird thing is, you can, every single one of these Heisman candidates, I could made an argument that instead of Bo Nix, the finalist for Oregon should be Troy Franklin, whose stats are as good as Maserati Marv. And Malik Neighbors has been more impressive than Jaden Daniels. And Odunze with Penix has been more impactful and is more, you know, like you can go down the list. It's a little silly. Heisman moments is how we grade the Heisman. It's not the best player. And when Jordan Travis outplays you in the non-conference and you lose the Bama game and you're injured halfway through, okay, it's great he put video game numbers up, you know, on an 11 a.m. game against Florida that we had on one of our four screens. But, like, that's not it. Everyone tuned in for those two Washington uh, you know, Oregon
0: matchups. He outplayed Bo Nix. He has that big moment. You're 10 point dogs in that game, game. And he went in there and completely outdueled them. That Absolutely. should count for something.
1: Absolutely. So um, we have a consensus. And I think we kind of talked ourselves into it, which I love. I have a consensus on the best job gloves in the market. It's Hestra job gloves. They are a glove company. That's what they do. And that's what they've been doing for 85 years. You know, we're always doing this. I'm a gearhead. It's a pair of gloves and every single jacket. So you never know what I'm using for yard work, what I'm using to take out the trash, what I'm using to clean stuff up around the house. Stop doing that. Use some proper job gloves for the jobs you do. And these are comfy. They're warm, uh, great dexterity. And then the reverse is not true, is the beauty of this. A Hestra job gloves works great for some brewskis outside, a little tailgating fun, you know, and you're never going to worry about messing them up because they're durable. They're job gloves. They're always there for you. That's Hestra for you. Go visit their website. Hestrajob.us and use our code man DMVRjob to get thirty percent off the next purchase. And anyone looking to supply their team with high quality work gloves at a bulk rate can email Josh Jacobson at josh at hestrausa.com.
0: I also want to talk to you guys about Hero Bread. Uh, founder Cole Glass baked a hundred muffins per day before he was able to find the perfect blend that fit his allergy constraints. That's what pushed him to start Hero Bread. He, he didn't think it should be that hard. It shouldn't be that hard to get something that has all of the taste and texture of the bread that you've come to know. But frankly, it's just better for you. It has higher fiber, ultra low net carbs, zero grams of sugar per slice. Uh, it, it's just awesome. They make buns. They make tortillas. They make sliced bread. So they've got you covered for everything. Sandwiches, quesadillas, whatever you may be looking to make. Do it with Hero. They are the bees and knees. They've been great to us. They are going to be great to you. Right now, Hero Bread is offering the DNVR fam 10% off your first order. Just go to hero.co, use the code DNVR to save on Hero Bread today. That's H E R O.co to save 10% today. My guy knows his stuff. Jake,
1: you got a read break, so you get to speak next. Biggest standouts for you as far as early declarations, staying in school, and going out. And, boy, it's a different era because the guys staying in school are actually surprises once in
3: a while. Tis the season, Jake. Who stood out to you? I Man, I think the big one would be Quinn Ewers coming back to
2: school. Um, I think that that was you know, a guy who was kind of a wild card in this quarterback uh, situation that we have in the first round here. Uh, maybe he wasn't. He definitely wasn't going to be a top pick, like top five. But he would have been in the conversation and would have made the first round. I think just overall more interesting.
1: Um, Drafty or declarations that grab my s- attention. Jake, on that subject, feels like we kind of have our quarterback class set. Right, like Daniels, Nick's, Penix will join me and uh, Caleb Williams and declare. JJ I don't know. JJ is probably the one who's most up in the air, but then JJ Shador, Ewers, Riley Leonard was the one who stood out to me incredible yeah. upside. He'll probably transfer to Notre Dame, right? From Duke. Um are the guys Carson Beck who are probably lining up to come back for next year. And like what a nice split. It's kind of 5 and 5. Yeah. We've got some good top prospects. Maybe not the hype we had for May and Caleb Williams going in, but especially if JJ returned like shit, that's a hell of a 2025 class. So um, just wanted to make that note.
2: Yeah. I mean, and especially from like a Broncos point of view, we're obviously out of like the top five conversation for this year. Unless things go, I mean, I don't even think they can go that catastrophically right. bad at this point oh, in the I, season. I think it's not um, impossible now. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great for a team like Denver who is still kind of searching for that long-term answer at quarterback. And, You know, you can already look ahead to next year and get excited about some guys. Looking at uh, the declarations, though, Braylon Allen, of course, uh, the running back out of Wisconsin, that guy's just been an absolute dog the last three years. Um, Spencer Rattler finally coming out, too. I mean, that's going to be a fascinating case, I think, just examining his body of work and who's going to – someone, I feel like, would take a shot, right?
1: Ah. He's going to be a really interesting case of how bad have you been burnt by Zach Wilson <laughs> mm-hmm. because he um he has too much of that off-platform like just kind of, you know unreliable backyard football stuff that really got him in trouble. And you know, with quarterbacks sometimes you lose that, you lose that confidence, those bad habits, they just build up, and you never can kind of get out of it. I'm looking forward to evaluating um, Frank Gore Jr. out of Southern Miss. He was kind of a surprising declaration there. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd, the USC running back, a guy you got to view live, um, and has a lot of hype field. Yates rated him as his top running back in this class. Uh, He's already declared, as you mentioned, Rattler. Chop Robinson, one of my favorites, is officially in the class. I'm hyped about that. For the Broncos, Leonard Taylor, the third, one of the top defensive linemen in the class, uh, has declared, and Jeremiah Trotter Jr., PS2 and Jeremiah Trotter Jr. That'd be some legacy plays right there, yeah. has declared, as well as Nate Wiggins, one of the top corners. Standouts that didn't declare, uh, Barrett Carter, the other Clemson linebacker, maybe the best week, you know, off-ball weak side cover linebacker in the entire class he's staying at clemson that's huge landon jackson not surprised but the immensely talented former lsu now arkansas uh defensive lineman who's massive oh yeah uh (laughs) you know he the bama tapes insane would probably get him a sniff at the first round alone he's staying in school um so those are kind of the big ones there we will keep you updated Uh, because yeah there are there are some big decisions coming up for sure and our guy Malachi Cooley I just saw accepted his invite to the senior bowl today so that's going to be awesome to evaluate him on okay Uh, yep I was just going to throw out Johnny
2: Wilson's name too that's a guy we talked about a lot coming into the season he declared early as well Uh, Probably going to be in that first back into the first round conversation could
3: sneak in there, but a top 50 guy nonetheless. Jay, Mike, did you catch any of that?
0: Yeah, um, I don't really have any more to add. I think you guys got the the big national names. I will say not necessarily impact on the draft, but impact on the national college football landscape. Ashton Janty choosing to stay at Boise State is massive for the Mountain West, massive for Boise State. He's as good as any running back in the country. So that's, that's huge for them. Uh, Talon Green will be entering the portal, really athletic, dynamic QB that has some interest all over the country. It'll be interesting to see kind of where he ends up. He'll be a draft guy that'll be interesting to keep an eye on these next couple of years. Needs a ton of development as, as a passer, but really, really dynamic athlete. And a guy that I think can be super impactful in the right system.
1: The quarterback portal, super intriguing. Up in- Now we get to do some mocks. We're going to mock the top 10 and talk about options for the Broncos who currently sit at pick 14 starting us off. It's the bears at one. And while Justin Fields does intrigue me and I've seen some good stuff from him lately. I think you got
3: to go Caleb Williams here. You can't pass up on him. There you go. We have Caleb Williams. Next
1: are the Patriots. And I'm not sure if this is updated from yesterday's game or not, but that's another one where I think you have to go quarterback. You have to go Drake May. It almost doesn't even matter who the team selecting at one and two are. In this class, I kind of expect it to be Caleb Williams one, Drake May two would be less surprised if those were swapped than if those weren't the top two picks.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's the first two picks are pretty much decided in this draft outside of scandal or late injury or something like that.
2: For any team that ends up in those top two spots, too, I think. Can't pass on those guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Next would be the Cardinals at three. Things have played out nicely for the cards. Kyler's looking good. McBride's uh, obviously broken out this season. Not everything's broken. Is it a consensus top three where like going away from Marvin Harrison Jr. at this pick would just be crazy?
0: You got, they, they need more talent. Uh, They need more pass catchers. Um, Yeah. It's Marvin Harrison Jr. I think. Jake.
3: I do think
2: from just like overall
3: talent, like
2: best available standpoint, you have to. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about Joe Walt. We've talked a lot about Brock Bowers, Dallas Turner this year, JC Latham. I mean, maybe, Olufoshanu. Maybe if, yeah, sure. Like if you really want to solidify an edge on either side of the ball, either at tackle or on the edge rusher position, I wouldn't be upset. I get it. But in terms of overall talent, I think you have to take Marvin Harrison.
1: I agree. Um, I think it'd be very hard to to go away from that just with the, the talent Harrison Jr. Um, and interesting, the collective over at Ohio State trying to make a real push to get him and Travion mm-hmm. Henderson to stay. We'll see. They don't I have think... quarterback right now, yeah, exactly. I think that'd be nutty money to make that happen. We are at the commanders' new owners. I'm not sure they'll even be the commanders by the time this pick is made. They're at four overall, and now the draft kind of commences. Jury's O-line out. Line is real bad. O line's bad, and you've got some top prospects. I mean, there's some synergy there. I like their wide receiving core. They got rid of obviously Chase Young and Montez Sweat, so replenishing the edges as well. So I think in some ways it comes down to Alt Fashanu versus Dallas Turner, Latu Latu, and that group of guys. Uh, and Jake, who would you opt for
3: in that equation? And just looking at the roster right now, I mean, you can't go wrong with either. Um, yeah.
2: I think you got, well, I think you got to go on the offensive line here. Um, either Fashano or Alt. Um, I could be swayed either way, I guess. Um, I don't think one really stands above the other at this point. Um,
3: so I'll say Fashano. I agree, Justin. I'll say Alt,
0: Trey, or the tiebreaker.
3: I agree with Fashanu. I think he's the slightly
1: more um, complete O-lineman there, more system variant. So much depends on, like, who's going to actually be coaching this team next year. It's definitely not Ron Rivera. Our final pick of the top five is the Bears, again, who took Caleb Williams first overall with the Panthers pick and now have their natural pick. By the way, that trade is... Looking so rough for the Panthers right now. Ola oh, might just make sense here again. Uh, Justin. They've got Darno right on the right tackle side. Or you go a weapon. Um, Malik Neighbors, that next tier of wide receivers, Brock Bowers. Um, I, I don't think going defense would be the right call here, though.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, they they need to solidify the trenches a little more. Um I like Fashanu with Chicago a little bit more than Joe Walt, just with the way that he runs around in the backfield, um, Justin Fields, I mean. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I would go with uh, some speed, I think, and Malik Neighbors is really intriguing. Uh, But also, I think they could use a contested catch guy like Keon Coleman of Florida State. Uh, So I think I'd go with one of those two receivers. Ooh, Neighbors or Coleman?
3: I love them
2: both, man. Um, I just think that neighbors, you want the that prototypical wide receiver one who's just, I think, more sound in, like, the route running aspect of things uh, so that Caleb can just hit him, you know, right out of breaks and stuff like that. Um, also, just a weapon to turn up field and use that speed in the scramble drill. So, I'll go with
1: neighbors. I like it. Neighbors sounds good. I personally probably just go Joel, keep him in, in the Chicago area, but I am not against neighbors. Who's just getting more and more buzz. There's so much like in any other draft class neighbors would be wide receiver one. And this peck respects that, right? Like, yeah, it might not be wide. receiver. Well, and he one might be if Marv comes so back. Yeah. yeah. That'd be insane though. That would truly be crazy. Especially after this last season. I just, I'd be really surprised, but hey, you never know. Let's take a break on the mock side and talk about one of the great gifts you can give someone for this uh, Christmas season, Jake.
2: That is Breckenridge Distillery. Okay. Breckenridge yeah. Distillery is the world's highest distillery, founded in 2008, most widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey. That's a high rye mash American style whiskey. Um, they also got their Broncos Blizzard. That's their new vodka commemorating the first... Broncos, white alternate helmets. But Breckenridge Distillery is great, man. Uh, You can get their stuff in all 50 states. You can come to the DMVR bar. You can get some spirits there. You can also try the Riki seltzers or come to our tailgates. We got a few of them left. So come out while it's still football season. Again, Breckenridge Distillery products are available in all 50 states. Shop your local retailer. Visit breckenridgedistillery.com for home delivery of award-winning Breckenridge spirits. Operate anywhere.
0: I also want to shout out High Plains Strains. They provide top quality cannabis (laughs) and a wide variety of products. They've got infused edibles, high potency concentrates, excuse me, some of the best flower in the state. There are three High Plains Strains locations in northeastern Colorado, one in Log Lane Village, one in Garden City, one in Sedgwick. So if you're in northeastern Colorado, they are definitely the dispensary for you. Order online at highplanestrains.com. So convenient. You don't even have to get out of your car because they have drive throughs at each and every location. Use that code DNVR online or mention it in stores for some of their sweet deals, including a full ounce for 80 bucks. That's a hell of a deal these days. An eighth for 25 bucks. Mammoth 1-gram cartridges for 15 Exquisite Extracts 4 for 40 Remember to use that code online or mention it in stores. That's DNVR to take advantage of these high plain strains deals.
1: To recap, we gave Caleb Williams to the Chicago Bears at first overall. Uh, the Patriots took Drake May second. The Cards took Marvin Harrison Jr. The Commanders took Fashanu, And the Bears went with dynamic LSU wide receiver Malik Neighbors. We have the G-Men on the board. Is it too early to start talking quarterback with Jaden Daniels, Penix? Penix, the injuries, Are the Jake Giants McCarthy, or the Jets? Tankathon
0: shows the Jets having the tiebreaker
1: simulator. I'm using on Pro Football Network has the Giants. So that's
3: what I was going to That's fine. I was just yeah, making yeah. No, sure yeah. no, that's a good point. I don't know what to do with this team,
1: but in lieu of a quarterback, which I don't know, it might be early.
3: If could you just down, trade
2: six
0: back to Chicago for Justin Fields? Oh my God. <laughs> that might be a bit high for Justin Fields. I know. Fields. Yes, it, it's to too high negotiate of a pick, that but...
1: down. But um, other thing is, they've drafted offensive tackles really high recently. Yeah. And so Joe all may not make sense. Brock Bowers can't go wrong with Brock Bowers. I don't think you could go wrong with one of the top defenders, which I think are edges on most boards at this point. Um, and that's where like Dallas Turner, Leidu Latu, those kind of combos commence.
3: Oh man, I don't even know where to start with this team, they're such a mess, dude. Yeah, um, best
2: player on the board is Joe Balt. Um, I you took in the tackle the last two out of the last three years, I guess, though, so that's yeah. out. Brock Bowers is the next highest
3: player on the board. You go wrong with Brock
0: Bowers, uh, you just end up in no man's land with no quarterback and no future.
3: Yeah, but I mean, you're not going to take a corner here. No, they're in a tough spot, man. This, I would not want to be this
1: fan base. Let's do Brock Bowers just because we don't want to spend too much time on the Giants, anyways. But yikes big yikes brutal <laughs> the Jets at seven might be a smidge easier J Mike because they do need offensive tackle help even though they've invested quite a bit at the position they just need to go back to the well
0: yeah I mean at this point joel has been sitting for too long so you just go get him maybe the best tackle in the class depending on your perspective so
1: great pick upside at that left tackle positions just immense for him I mean that's what really distinguishes him next we have the Tennessee Titans who have needs all over the o line maybe have found their quarterback and just need kind of more talent everywhere wide receiver edge o line are kind of the areas where I would go. We've thrown Dallas Turner's name around for
0: a couple picks now is this he feels you'd... like a variable guy mm-hmm this where you'd that's where trouble. I would go. Yeah, he's my number one edge, and I just think he, he feels like a very bull pick. Oh, I'm just going to set this dude loose.
3: Upsides there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the pick.
2: Um, I was considering Keon Coleman. I just don't know how much that exactly fits
1: in with this offense, just having another kind of big target like Hopkins already yeah. and Burks. Yeah, Coleman's an interesting one. More interesting than all is the Saints. They've become super boring. I don't think Carr is the answer. Would you keep Jaden Daniels home? And I'll just say, with injuries taken into account, I do think Jaden Daniels has kind of solidified himself as QB3. I love Penix, but...
0: The thought of Daniels in the Superdome running around in black and gold is very intriguing. I'm okay with it. I, I I support
3: this. Also, at the same time, I mean, you want to
2: talk about quarterbacks in the in the Bayou who are dealt with injuries, extremely accurate, maybe a little undersized. Michael Penix there,
0: yeah. Throwing in a dome is intriguing for him as well. I mean, a hundred percent.
1: You do need to surround these guys with better weapons, which is part of the Saints deals. I don't think you could go wrong with one of those wide receivers that's still around. Um, I do think Daniels is kind of the vibe. And again, the injuries, I think, give him the slight edge. So
0: I'd go Daniels on a majority with J. Mike. It's very on brand for us. We like the in-state kids staying home and getting the, the college, you know, pro overlap. We love a good geographic fit. It's true. This it is Derek Carr perfect. contract is
1: brutal. It's bad, man. It's bad. As bad as we thought things were as Broncos fans earlier in the season, uh, we've just come across a couple franchises that I do not envy at all, especially mm-hmm. the Giants and Saints right now. Okay. See why Sean Payton got out of there, man. Well, yeah, no kidding. Let's close out. They're uh, probably part of the problem, uh, and uh, you know, <laughs> in fairness, yeah, it's so, usually how it works. No, <laughs> so, hey, he didn't make the Derek Carr decision. We are at the tenth pick, and then we get to see who's left for the Broncos in the mid to early teens. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and again, an NFC South stinker, who probably would love an upgrade at quarterback. Tristan Wirfs has been amazing in his transition from right tackle to left tackle. I mean, what a phenom. You're a Super Bowl winning right tackle and you make that switch um, after having played there since high school, really. And you're playing like one of the top guys in the league. Just incredible. Iowa, Iowa football having quite the year in the NFL with uh, you know, the way the Detroit Lions tight end emerged and worse so many guys. You could use a right tackle, guys like JC Latham, for example, still in the mix. Could use some help on the O line. Beyond that, maybe, yeah, you go like value hunting on an edge or a wide receiver, but those aren't maybe the biggest needs. Um, Quarterback worth pulling the trigger on. Do you make your case for Penix, Jake? JC Latham, go the safe route with the right tackle. Do you say, hey, it's Odunze time, pair him with um Mike Evans and wait for a quarterback next year? What's the route here for the Bucks?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like Baker is really riding that line of like, well, we can try and just play with him again next year. We can make an upgrade. I mean, I love Penix, man. Um, I just – I don't know. I don't know how the NFL – I'm very interested to see how the NFL is going to read him. I know. Me too. So, if I'm picking with my heart, I'd pick Penix. Um, I feel like he could be a better quarterback pretty quickly than Baker Mayfield is right now. But I guess if I had to go chalk, it'd
3: probably just be the offensive tackle at Alabama, J.C. Latham. I'm stuck.
0: I'd go Latham. I think they got to rebuild from the the trenches outward and figure it out. And maybe you're in that 2025 QB mix. Yeah. Um,
3: Can't go wrong with that. Cannot go wrong. And also, it makes things
1: a little more interesting for options to look at for the Broncos, where now o lineman 3 is also off the board for you by the time you'd be selecting, which I think makes sense. There are two dynamic wide receivers who still remain in Odunze and Keon Coleman. Only one edge went off the board, so Leitu Latu still available. My guy, Chop Robinson, still available. Um, a guy like Penix, Bo Nix, JJ, if you were to declare, anyone else, still there. The Broncos' next pick coming up in the mid-teens. Tankathon has them at 14. Now that we've seen who we've sent in the first 10 picks, who would you like to see them target? Who would be your ideal pick? And uh, Justin, start us off.
0: I mean, at this point, I think it'd have to be Penix. Like, if you could land him in 14, 15, it feels like a... A big steal. I do have concerns about his injury history, and that's you know I, why I think him going top ten may be a stretch. Despite having all the arm talent in the world and winning all these big games, I just think teams can talk themselves out of it. An ultra accurate quarterback like him, with the success Peyton had with Drew Brees all those years, I mean, I, I just give me a guy that can hit these receivers consistently and stretch the field.
1: This left-handed Drew Brees is a hell of a comp, man. That's got a ring mm-hmm. to it. That that sells. That sells my Copenic stock. This is very good advertising by you, Jake. Um, I give you all the credit on this one. Left-handed Thank Drew you. Brees. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think I saw a great one from Jordan Reed who said maybe gave him a left-handed Philip Rivers comp.
3: Oh, he.
2: I could see that for sure. Just the. The way the ball comes out of his hand, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, he's he's my obvious pick here. I really actually like this situation,
1: really? the Broncos. What? Well, I just I've top fifteen going panics. I don't, you know, maybe I've become too Jaden Daniels pilled at this point. I'm a little like, yeah, Jaden might be the only guy I'd really take a swing on in the top fifteen, of course, aside from Caleb Williams and Drake May, but and realistic I terms. mean sure yeah
2: he'd be fun but I think in terms of what Sean Payton wants to do um and the history that he has like Panix is extremely accurate and you're going to want to protect him obviously Sean Payton's all about investing in the offensive line Jaden Daniels I do worry about honestly just how much he runs around and all that and just yeah. kind of investing in a quarterback like that and having to hope that he's going to be your guy for 10 15 years uh, even though Pennix has had the injury history, it's a fascinating case, really. Yeah. Um, I love the cornerbacks that are here. I love the wide receivers yes. that are here, the edge rushers. Um, if I had to pick a wide receiver, I'd probably say Romo Odunze, give us Same. some more speed, even though I love Keon Coleman. Uh, either the Alabama cornerbacks would be great. Cooper DeGene would be great. Um, Pennix would be my favorite pick, but after that, I'd probably go Odunze
1: and then either Arnold or McKinstry.
3: Mm.
1: I think Leitu Latu would be an absolute slam dunk, as would Romo Dunze. I just think, like, if either of those guys were to drop to you, having a true, like, potential number one at a position like Edge, at a position like wide receiver, would be so huge. Um, Jared Verse would be very intriguing to still have in the mix. I get a bit Bradley Chubb vibes with him, which scare me a smidge, like, that checks off all the boxes, but. What's the uh? What's the pound the table trait for him? You know where I'm like at the anchor trait I've called it sometimes. um So Odunze Latu, keon Coleman, intriguing. What about chatter? Is there too much Cortland Sutton overlap? Could those two live together on the field, or do you need to mix and match a little too? Too much. Um, talking specifically for Denver. I think it'd be too That's, rich for an interior D lineman. Probably too rich for any O lineman at this point. And I think I'd say that with Latham as well, if he was still available. It's why quarterback becomes very intriguing. And then cornerback is also very intriguing um, because you just have so many options. And I think we've talked ourselves more and more into this class, really like Arnold, really like Cooper de and that versatility. What were you going to say, Jake?
2: I just that argument you were making with about Keon Coleman being too close to like Cortland Sutton. That's that's what gives me hesitation. Like he is sick. I love Keon Coleman. Yeah. But I think this offense really just needs to be faster. Um
1: yeah. and Romo Dunze can give you that. No doubt. No doubt. I also think wide receivers so loaded you can probably wait to they don't have a second round sure. or the third round. And still, maybe you find Jalen Polk sitting, staring you in the face. Maybe an Johnny Mitchell, a Johnny Wilson, someone like that. Um, now, some of those guys also overlap a bit too much with Cortland. Any closing thoughts, Justin?
3: Uh,
0: Tarion Arnold would be really high up yeah. for me if you don't go quarterback. Just a, yeah. a really aggressive corner that attacks the ball and isn't, throw, isn't scared to be thrown at. We've talked about that in the past, so I'm not going to go. Uh, too deep into it, uh, maybe a guy like Jerzan Newton, who's you know the stud defensive tackle out of Illinois. Uh-huh. Uh, there's not a ton of depth there in the interior defensive line, but he's a guy I could talk myself into. I'd like him at closer to twenty, to be honest, than fifteen. But I, yep. I do think that's a need they they could fit. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think corner, quarterback, like more speed at receiver would be huge. Uh, but uh, for me, I, I think it would either be Terry and Arnold or, or Penix.
1: Wow. It's going to be super fun to watch. I mean, most of these guys we just named are going to play in the playoff. So it's going to be awesome to tune in and see how they perform against each other. You know, um, you'll get to see Arnold against those some of those top wide outs, um, especially if they were to make it to the final. And then, of course, the dream is... Brock Bowers drops all the way because, you know, an inline tight end, that's such a need for the Broncos. Or Joe Alt would drop or an Foshanu. That's why Odunze, Latu um, are just kind of guys I'd zero in on because at 14, you kind of hope one of those guys where it's like, this dude had no business even being around at 14. They should have been taken in the top 10 because if not, the names you guys mentioned, like an Arnold, a Newton, love those guys. 14 is a smidge rich. At that point, I'd rather trade down, maybe add us, get back into the second round at that point. And, you know, where is a uh, Stevenson, the tight end out of Texas? Where have those next tier of O-linemen, next tier of wide receivers? Maybe some of those corners we just talked about
0: have slipped and are around by the late first. And well, who knows with Dejean's injury situation, like maybe he's a right. guy that falls to 22-23 and you trade Absolutely. back and you add him and a receiver in the second round. Like there's there's a lot of ways this could really benefit Denver. And who's to say Penix wouldn't be around in the early 20s? Same no. deal, you know. especially if he doesn't like light it up in the playoff. I think there's a lot of guys that have an opportunity to make themselves quite a bit of money in these two games. Big time, man. Big time. I mean, we know how the draft
1: works. It's all about potential. You show flashes of potential in these high-end matchups. It's going to make a a world of difference for you. All of a sudden, we'll buy into everything else, your size, your athleticism, all of that. Um, It really starts to come together. So I can't wait. I can't wait for all of it. I love, love, love this part of the season. Love doing this with you guys. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to making it work. Thank you all for tuning in. Always appreciate all our peeps. Have a great weekend. We will be back next week, as always. Bye.